Ryan Donnelly is a former Windsor Spitfires captain and pro hockey player, now the manager of investments and corporate marketing at the Windsor Essex Economic Development Corporation. Join me, Drake Demore, as I chat with Ryan about growing up in Windsor, his hockey career, and what he's doing now. Hello, how you doing? It's Zach Cassidy. Adam Henry. Joe Siddle. Tom Crawford. Todd Warner. Brett Romberg. DJ Laramie. And Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Wind City Sports. What up, everybody? My name is Jake Moore, and thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast, Wind's only local sports radio show and podcast. The radio show airs live on CGAM 99.1 FM every Thursday at 12.30 and replays on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Even during this pandemic, still broadcasting from home, you can listen to the Win City Sports podcast, well, of course, wherever you're listening to it right now, directly on WinCitySports.com or anywhere podcasts are found, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We also have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at WinCity underscore sports. If you're trying to find us, give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever it may be. We also have the Win City Sports YouTube channel and much more. We'll talk all about that at the end of the show as we normally do. But today is Thursday, May 21st, 2020, and it's episode 196 of Win City Sports. And this is a pretty big week in history for Win City and for the Windsor Spitfires, as this past Tuesday marks the three-year anniversary of the Memorial Cup Championship kicking off in Windsor. We will be posting some stuff, as we always do, to reminisce on the good times here in Windsor on our Instagram and Twitter and all that. Um, but again, it's a big week as this would have been the beginning of the 2020 Memorial Cup Championship today. Actually, May 21st would have been game one, day one, whatever the schedule was. And obviously that didn't come to be, unfortunately, uh, due to COVID-19. Damn. But eh, without further ado, let's get into our guest this week. It's Ryan Donnelly, a former Windsor Spitfire who went on to play pro. He was drafted to the NHL, to the Calgary Flames, played in the AHL and ECHL for a few years uh, before wrapping up, before wrapping it up and uh, deciding to take on the ranks of, uh, you know, the 9-5. to five. Uh, He came back to Windsor, um, started going to school, I believe. <laughs> I think that was the thought process at the time. But he was coaching with the uh, University of Windsor, keeping his foot in the door in hockey. He, uh, he briefly coached the LaSalle Vipers for a season as well. Um, but has really been successful in the business world here in Windsor, as we'll talk to him about his involvement at the Windsor-Essex Economic Development uh, <laughs> Corporation, it's a mouthful, and as well as the Adept School of Business, where he uh, obtained his education. So we're going to get into that interview in just a bit. We don't have a lot of sports news to talk about. Pretty much already covered uh, a lot of it there with the anniversary of the Memorial Cup and what would have been uh, this year's Memorial Cup taking place this week. Um, the only kind of sports news we have is that golf is back. You can go golfing back in Windsor, and I am I'm eager to get out there. should have went on Saturday. I figured it was going to be super slam, super busy. Um, and then, of course, all that rain hit last weekend, beginning of our week, ruining our long weekend. But uh, still a lot of time out there to get out and uh, go golfing. Saturday, I was able to go for a nice bike ride. I got a new bike from uh, City Cyclery downtown on Erie and Mercer. Shout out to the boys down there, kind of a last minute um, appointment and was able to get one in for my cousin the next day, went and got him a bike as well. Uh, hard to find stuff right now in stock. I went to a few other places. If you're looking for a bike, uh, obviously check out City Cyclery. They, they hooked it up big time. And as well as Infinite Cycle, 
or infinite bikes, whatever it is, infinite cyclery on uh, Eugenie, I believe. Um, some good bike shops in Windsor, Bicycle World, and Ambassador Bikes as well. Just the issue is um, their stock, obviously, it's tough to get stuff right now. So I was able to snatch one from the City Cyclery, and I've been going on a lot of bike rides uh, prior to that, and I'm going to be going on a lot more as the season is here. Again, hopefully it just uh, sticks sticks around that nice weather. I can go golfing and get some bike rides in with no hockey or jiu-jitsu going on for me to uh, to partake in, as of now at least, but hopefully hopefully soon. But anyway, let's get into that interview now with former Windsor Spitfires captain, former pro hockey player, and a businessman right here in Windsor, Ontario, Ryan Donnelly. Here we go. Right now on the phone, we have a former Windsor Spitfires captain drafted to the Calgary Flames in the third round of the highly touted 2003 draft. He played four years pro in the AHL and ECHL, and he's now the manager of investment and marketing at the Windsor-Essex Economic Development Corporation and a professor at the Odette School of Business. Ryan Donnelly, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on, Drake. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So as mentioned, you're you're pretty much a, a Windsor guy for sure. Were you born and raised here? And just kind of tell me a little bit about growing up and uh, what life was like as a kid, I suppose. Yeah, I, um, I, I was actually born in London, Ontario, okay. uh, but moved to Tecumseh when I was two. So essentially my entire life was in the, in the region here in Windsor, and uh, yeah, I grew up playing sports. Uh, swimming and hockey is basically what I, I ended up growing into and being pretty competitive at. So um, all the way along up until I was in ninth grade, uh, I was uh, basically splitting my time between being a competitive swimmer at the Windsor Aquatic Club and uh, and the whole hockey pathway. You know, in fact, I like the joke, uh, hockey is where my heart was, but swimming is where my talent was. So <laughs> If you do some digging, you can probably track down a few old swimming records that I've got. But um, yeah, so that, that brought me to grade nine, and then um, you know decided at that point to pursue the pathway of trying to aspire to be a pro hockey player, and um, and kind of set swimming aside, and uh, had the privilege of being drafted to the Spitfires in 2000. Uh, I guess it would be 1999, maybe 2000. Um, played there as an underager, and. Um, yeah, I guess that, that kind of covers the childhood. Went yeah. to Fall River High School, went to A.B. Graham and um, okay. in Tecumseh here. And, yeah, I'm a local guy. I, I love the region. And now I, you know, my day job is to get promoted on, on a daily basis. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, your life's kind of come full circle, I guess, in that sense. But uh, one, I didn't know the, the whole swimming thing, and I was going to ask where you were. So you mentioned uh, Windsor Aquatic Club, probably with, with Mike McQuass back there back then as well, or? Yeah, Mike. Mike was a little bit older than me, so I, I'm born in 1985. Okay. I think Mike would have been about in 1980, uh, maybe even a, like late 70s. But uh, you know, he's one of the guys that I looked up to and aspired to become. Um, you know, I, he went off to Michigan University and obviously made the Olympics and the national records, et cetera. And I was kind of a young whippersnapper at uh, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years old, trying to break all of his records. So yeah, I think some are still kicking around back there, but. Um, yeah, that, that's a long, long time ago, and, yeah. and uh, a little less body fat percentage, too. <laughs> yeah, that's a change, yeah? That's funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, I, I figured, you know, you would have been, like you mentioned, a big hockey kid, big sports kid, um, but as well, you know, probably a, a Spitfires fan, kind of growing up here in the community. I'm sure it was cool to, to be drafted to the Spits, yet alone any of the other teams. Yeah, I grew up watching the Spits. I mean, I didn't go to a ton of games. I think um, you know anybody that, that understands the commitment that it takes to get to those types of levels um, realizes that they're probably playing or training as much as uh, as most. You know, especially you know to make it to the OHL, you, you know it becomes a full time job for, yeah. for an adult or for a kid. And 
you know, my parents supported me a tremendous amount in order to get me to the, the various practices and whatnot. But, um, yeah, being, being drafted as Pitfires was a true honor. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to get to it at some point, but um, I, I remember distinctly um, picking up the phone after the, you know, it was, I was actually part of the first online draft. Uh, and the first voice that uh, that I heard once I was was called was uh, the late Tom Webster, um, an, an absolute gentleman, and he informed me that I had just been drafted for the Winter Spitfires. And Mike Kelly was the general manager at the time. He spoke to me immediately after, and um, yeah, I mean, an, an absolute honor to be to be able to uh, be drafted to your hometown, make it as an underager. I finished out my high school with all my high school buddies um, while I was you know playing for the Spitfires, so mm-hmm. it was absolute best possibility for me. Oh, absolutely, man. And just given the time too, um, as you mentioned, just the, the people that were on the team and running the team, like Tom Webster, as you mentioned, who, uh, you know, recently passed away. So I want to give him a little shout out there. And I'm sure it was overwhelming for you too, as a kid, you know, like you said, you're 16 and, and DO is, is big time, especially, uh, uh, being a kid, you know? Yeah, you know, I had I had the opportunity, and I, I mentioned that I, I stayed at my high school, which which I think for me as a young person was imperative uh, to you know maintain a normal lifestyle, if you will. I didn't have to move away from home. Um, you know, I added just a little bit more notoriety because I played for the Spitfires. But you know, I, I had my hockey buddies, but I still had my high school friends. I mean, that, that stuff didn't really change. So um, you know, I wasn't you know six hours away from home. You know. But, you know, missing everybody. I, I got the uh, the opportunity to, to graduate with my high school friends, maintain those relationships, maintain the uh, uh, sense of normalcy, if you will, which I, I think has helped me. Well, it definitely helped me as a young adult, and it's, I, I think maintain those relationships for me uh, now into uh, I guess adulthood. No, hundred percent. You can only imagine. You know, if you were given a different scenario, having to move away. Um, you know how just how overwhelming that is. It could weigh on a on a kid, really. You know. So that's always something that it kind of comes up and um, is a topic for people. I mean, at the end of the day, we're only human, right? But I'm sure you were kind of, kind of maybe nervous at the time too, going into the barn. You know, it's it's still back in that era. Um, what do you remember about first coming to the O and coming to the organization? Well, the uh, yeah, the barn. The barn was absolutely iconic, and, and I think arguably one of the greatest hockey arenas of all time. Um, you know, I, I I recall my my actual first game for the Spitfires and I only remember it because you know the first time you're playing the OHL you expect to be a name announced in life and you know all of those types of things <laughs> and, uh, interestingly enough um, the, the PA system stopped working how, how typical of the barn the PA system stopped <laughs> working essentially immediately as we were about to be called out and you know one of the fans that was up above kind of the exit or the entrance where the, the players came out uh, he took it upon himself to start announcing the player's name just by screaming through the building. So um, I, my name did get announced over PA. My name got announced by probably some some guy that had uh, you know a few too many uh, bush <laughs> beers or you know, OVs that uh, that that was a true Spitfire fan. So, but you know it, it's kind of um, it's iconic in a way because that that's kind of what the barn was, and it was a very fitting introduction to the OHL in in, in winter. Hundred percent, man. I can picture where that guy was sitting right now in the gray seats up in the oh, yeah. <laughs> in the bleachers. Oh yeah, that's just that paints the perfect picture right there. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I mean, uh, so your first season, you know, you had all these guys. It was it was the year that they traded for uh, for Spezza. You had Steve Ott, Cam Jansen, 
Tim Gleason? Were you kind of in all of all the the people around you? Yeah, you know, I think it starts on, then it turns into, uh, you know, they, they become teammates really quickly. Yeah, true. Uh, no, I think that, you know, those guys are incredible, and, and I, I'd say very strong leaders, all of them. Uh, but the, the, the one guy that I'd say that probably helped, the two guys that helped shape me the most as a young player were Craig Mahan and Steve Hildebrand. Um, you know, Craig was the third-year captain of the team. Uh, Steve was kind of his, his partner in crime there. And, and both of those guys were tremendous leaders, and they helped shape the, the leadership of, of the guys like the, you know, Steve Otts and the uh, Craig Kennedys, and, mm-hmm. you know, eventually myself who became a captain. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, I, I get a tremendous debt of gratitude to, to those two gentlemen and, and all the leaders in the team, Steve Ott included, that, um, that treated me extremely well as a young, young OHL hockey player and left a tremendous uh, impression and memory of me, or uh, memory and, um, you know, lasting impact on me as a young adult. 100%. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm mentioning the NHL guys because oh, their, their names come out. That's what I was going to get to um, with, you know, you mentioned Mahan, and, like, it comes up a lot here on the show, especially for Windsor people, OHL fans. There's hockey players that are famous, then there's OHL famous guys, like you mentioned, Craig Kennedy's and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. I'm sure just... Yeah, like that's what I mean. It's like you can go down that whole list, and I can name twenty people that stand out to me. But the average hockey fan, I'm sure, um, just being there at the time, like I mentioned before, and uh, many times, you were just a young kid, so I'm sure it was uh, a lot. Yeah, very young kid, and you know what? I actually um, I recall having conversation with uh, Tom Webster, you know, later in the year, and the reason that I ended up making the team that year as an underage, and I, I probably wasn't supposed to, but. Um, Rob Henniger was hooking me down the ice. Um, I, and at that time, I still was wearing a, a full cage, and they were all advisors on because mm-hmm. I hadn't signed a contract yet. And uh, Rob Henniger was hooking me down the ice, and I basically turned and just punched him in the face. <laughs> and then Steve Gleason, or, sorry, Tim Gleason came up to me and kind of gave me a shot, and I gave him a shot back. And, uh, you know, we didn't fight or anything like that because it was training camp. But um, I remember, you know, Tom later in the season said, you know, you got to get back to that. Cause I was, I was kind of getting shy and nervous. That that's the reason you made the team because you showed up. You know, you're 16 years old, but you played like a young man. You asserted yourself. You got to continue to assert yourself. So um, it's kind of interesting that you know the reason why I actually made the team is because I didn't give them the, the celebrity that they probably deserved. Um, I, I just treated them as a, you know, a combatant on the ice. Sometimes it just takes that one moment, though. You know. It does. Yeah, you never know. You never know what gets that opportunity, that shot, and. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guys that make careers on, on one moment. Mm-hmm. Especially showing that tough side of, uh, of yourself. I mean, it's kind of a, a Windsor thing, too. They're probably like, this kid can fit in here. Yeah, I think I think it comes with the Windsor territory that you have to have a bit of chip in your shoulder and you've got to play with a little bit of uh, uh, tenaciousness and pugnacity or whatever Brian Burke wants to call it these days. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, but you know what? It's true. It's the truth. Definitely. <laughs> That's great. So, you know, you spent three and a half seasons with, with the Spitz. Um, like you said, just kind of really came into your own during that time before you went off as well. Um, I'm sure just looking back at it in general, those times here are very fond for you. Yeah, they're incredible times. Uh, absolutely incredible times. We had some uh, very good teams at that time too. Yeah. You know, my, my first year we went to the third round. Uh, I ended up losing to the Erie Otters who became Mem um, Cup champs. The next year, we actually got knocked off by London pretty early, but um, you know, the talent on that team was outstanding. Uh, we just ran into a really hot team in the London Knights before they're kind of coming into their own. Um, 
you know, and I remember those days. We had we had a really really solid hockey team, and I think you know we were a piece or two away from being true contenders, whether that's for the Ontario Championship or the Men's Cup. Um, but yeah, there there were some you know outstanding times and memories that I'll never forget. And, and oftentimes, you know, you've probably heard a, <clears throat> a thousand times that yeah, there's the on ice things that you remember, but most times it's you know uh, conversations in the room. Um, you know, I always remember. Super Scout and Gretzky coming in and giving the guys, you know, promotional or, you know, exciting um, pregame speeches. Uh, you know, you remember coming home at 3 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning on a bus and driving down Olette Avenue and seeing all, all the all the bars packed. And, you know, I'm 16 years old, so I'm going to bed, and the other guys are doing their hair still. So, um, you know, those types of things that you remember that, that are so fond and burned in your memory that uh, you'll never forget. Yeah, man. That's why we say those little things make a big impact. Just, you know, you get, you have a life of hockey, but it's the, the small things that really stick out sometimes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, obviously you were traded from the Spits and you wrapped it up um, in Sudbury before Kitchener. It looks like they, they probably sent you to the Wolves to give you that last, like, playoff run kind of thing. It was a pretty stacked team, too. Um, so was it, that a good way to wrap it up in the O for you? Yeah, it was um, it was an outstanding way to wrap it up. Uh, Mike Felina was a coach there, um, you know. And, and reflecting back, that that team had a ton of talent. Um, you yeah. know, Nick Felina was a younger yeah. player at the time and was a captain of uh, Columbus. Um, Benoit Pouliot was arguably the best player in the OHL, mm-hmm. and I would say, you know, between him and Kyle Wellwood were the the best junior hockey players I've ever seen. Um, they were they were incredible. Mark Stahl was on that team. Um, you know, there's a, there's a number of very good hockey players. And we made a pretty good run that year. You know, we might have lost in the second round. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a good finish to a to a junior career. You know, my my third and fourth years were a bit of ups and downs. Um, I had a number of injuries my third year, my fourth year, and never really got kind of on track with either. You know, that's the end of my Spitz career and the, uh, my time in Kitchener. Never really got rolling, but um, yeah. You know, I, I think of those times. You know, when when you realize that. Um, you've got to kind of recreate your game a little bit. Uh, and that's kind of what I did in, in those the last year or so with Kitchener and Sudbury that, that prepared me for the professional hockey life. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to bring up is that it probably uh, kind of propelled you into uh, where you ended up going, you know, so you're drafted in 03 to the flames and bio six after, um, you know, you wrapped up with the OHL uh, you're in their system between the AHL and, and ECHL. So what was that first season of being introduced to pro hockey like for you? Yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, the uh, pro hockey, is it's a different animal entirely. I mean, you're used to long bus trips, uh, you know, in, in the OHL, but uh, pro hockey becomes even longer and you're on the road even more. Um, you know, I was I was at my billet's house in, in Kitchener and Sudbury, so I had a fair amount of, um, you know, latitude and, you know, treated me like a young man. But, um, you know, pro hockey, you're out on your own. So there's, there's a ton of learning that needs to happen and happen quick. Um Start of the year and spent the first half of the year in Omaha that year. Uh, I think I only played, you know, eighteen to twenty games in the American Hockey League to start the year. But I was up there for the, the first half. I was probably in and out of the lineup every, every night. Uh, at the time, my roommate was Brandon Prust. So me, <laughs> Brandon Prust, and another guy named Eric Goddard, who was one of the toughest guys that played pro hockey at the time. Yeah, we're all kind of living in the same compound. Um, so yeah, pro hockey was very interesting. And then uh, I got sent down to. To Las Vegas so yeah my first year I, I played in Omaha Nebraska which is underrated very good city 
Uh, and then, of course, uh, being 21 years old, being a pro athlete in Las Vegas is the worst <laughs> place on earth. So, um, <laughs> I, I had a I had a really solid first year. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I talked about it a minute ago, kind of recreating yourself. And for whatever reason, I had it in my mind that I was going to fight everybody on every team or the toughest guy on every team. And that started in pro hockey here in the American Hockey League and then down in, in Las Vegas. Um, but I picked up a lot of respect from my teammates very, very quickly uh, by doing that and sticking up for them. So I think it prepared me for a very solid second year pro. 100%. But it's funny you bring that up because as I was... Uh you know, just doing the research, just type in your name on Google. Wasn't expecting hockeyfights.com to be one of the first thing that comes up. I'm like, oh, look at all the fights this guy had. Um, but oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. true. It's true, though. You know, like I said, just uh, earning respect and paying your dues kind of thing, right? Yeah. That first year, I mean, back back then, you know, we're talking uh, over 10 years ago that yeah. pro hockey is a different animal. I mean, there were guys like Jeremy Yablonski that I, that I was fighting. <laughs> Um, Jonathan Trombley, like, you know, some of these guys that just have no business being hockey players, uh, they're basically trained fighters that are yeah. on the ice, you know, beating people's heads in in the American Hockey League. So, um, yeah, you learn how to protect yourself pretty quick, and you learn um, you learn that you're playing a man's game in your uh, very early 20s. Yeah, so definitely a, a little bit of a learning process and, you know, some ups and downs just kind of being sent up, brought down kind of thing. But as you, yeah. as you alluded to... Um, Pro hockey gives you the the ability to travel a little bit, and you got to spend a lot of time in Vegas and among other places. So I'm sure that's been a, a cool aspect to it too, as we were talking before, just the little things, right? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's, it's interesting that uh, it's it, the ability to to see a large part of North America through hockey has given me kind of the insight and able to to sell what I do now. And uh, you know, I don't know if you're planning on transitioning into kind of my current career, but. For sure. Now, my job right now is, is essentially helping bring foreign direct investment into Windsor-Essex region. Uh, and foreign direct, direct investment is, you know, anything outside of Windsor-Essex is technically foreign direct investment uh, for us as we categorize it, but more, more traditionally, it's anything outside of Ontario or Canada. So um, seeing places all around North America, specifically in the United States, I've got a sense of what the competitive landscape might be for you know, let's say there's a German auto parts company that's considering North America expansion. Um, you know, I know what it's like in San Antonio. I know what it's like in Bakersfield, California, or, you know, the Midwest and Des Moines, Iowa, because I've lived in all those places. So um, it, it immediately gives me legitimacy and credibility when I say, oh, yeah, yeah I live there, and I've, I've spent time there. And, um, you know, I'm kind of going tangential here, but um, it's kind of funny how, the, you know, your life prepares you for various later points in life. And I never thought that by being a pro hockey player would help me allow to it would help me sell this region um, yeah. on a global stage. Yeah, for real. Like thinking back all the way to the beginning, you like if someone were to tell you that, you wouldn't even think it would be at home. You know, if, like if I'm going to travel the world, who knows where I'll end up? Kind of a thing, right? Exactly. Yeah, and that, now I travel the world. Obviously, not currently in the middle of COVID crisis. Yeah. But, um, you know, last year I was in Europe twice or three times. Um, you know, I'm basically traveling every two months now uh, to an international destination that to, to help sell the Windsor Essex region um, for investment. That's unbelievable. Man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, fascinating job. Yeah, for sure. And again, you know, it kind of all started with your with traveling through hockey, and you ended up. Uh, uh, doing some more moving around, it looks like you fu- you found uh, a season in the AHL where you spent it entirely with um, the Iowa Chops 
at the time it was yep. the Ducks affiliate team. So how did that kind of come to be? Did you end up signing a contract going over there or something? Yeah, so what happened was I, I had a – my second year pro was with Calgary still. It was the end of my third-year contract. So I, I signed a three-year entry-level deal. Yeah. Uh, the one year took place while I was still in major junior. Okay. And then the two years pro. So my, my contract expired with, with Calgary. Um, had a really solid year in Las Vegas that year, actually. Put up a bunch of points. Yeah, I know. Kind of Showed that I wasn't just a meathead. <laughs> I never thought I was, but um, yeah, yeah. proved to the rest of the world I was a meathead. And then, um, you know, signed with Anaheim, a two-year deal. Uh, spent that first full year in the American Hockey League. Had, had a good team that year. Um, you know, the American Hockey League is interesting because um, you could be very, very good at the beginning of the year uh, with a ton of talent. And then, you know, the big club uh, gets injured or has, you know, trades, whatever it might be. And then your, your American Hockey League team could be just decimated. So... I think we were like first at Christmas and barely made the playoffs when it was all said and done just because of injuries and call-ups. Um, but had a good year there. And then the following year, and I'll get into it because it, it kind of leads into where my life is now. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to play an exhibition game in my last year pro uh, with Anaheim. I uh, got a serious concussion, and this would have been my seventh concussion at the time. Um Played another, you know, handful of games in the American Hockey League that last year. Another concussion, and then got sent down just to, to get healthy, essentially. And uh, had another concussion in in Bakersfield. So that was the end of that uh, that season, and that kind of brought me to the that decision point. At you know, I think I was 24, 25 years old after my fourth year pro. Um, you know, is is hockey in my future? And uh, we can get into that if you want. If not, I can. Sure. No, absolutely. Because um, definitely at that time, that was kind of the beginning of the whole, you know, concussion resurgence kind of thing. So I'm sure it was a tough decision to make. And just given, you know, everything that's going on, um, I guess kind of how did you end up leading back home? Yeah, so it was um, it was a, what I thought a very, very difficult decision at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to a number of doctors and, I, you know, as I mentioned, I think it at that time, I had been diagnosed with eight or nine uh, doctor-diagnosed yeah. concussions. Um, and, you know, when I say doctor-diagnosed, there might have other been times where I just got my bell wrong yeah. and didn't really say anything. 100% there, um, right? But, but, yeah, I had the, had the doctor-diagnosed concussions. And then that mm. summer, um, you know, met with uh, a few doctors, talked about um, what, what my career might look like, um, you know, considered this with my parents, of course, and, and came to the realization that... Um, in order to make the NHL, and, you know, I played exhibition games, but I, I'll never say that I actually made it just because I, I didn't get an official regular season game. To make the NHL, I would have had to do a lot more things that I was already doing. I would have had to hit. I would have had to fight. I would have had to been that third, fourth line grinder, yeah. um, which, in my opinion, was going to lead to more uh, and perhaps more severe concussions. And I always had the mindset that, if I was only ever a hockey player, and this was no critique of guys that are hockey players, because some of them are great friends, but if, if I was only ever a hockey player, I, I would have been disappointed. So, I, you know, I think you consider the, the health impacts of what concussions were at that time and what they were beginning to say what your long-term prognosis might, might look like. And then, um, you know, my desire to be something different than hockey. You know, I didn't always want to be known as Ryan the hockey guy. Um, I, I kind of packed it in. So I was, you know, 24, 25 years old, and um, actually it was about 10 years ago today that I, I called it a career. Wow. 
that's that's funny that we happen to be doing this at that time but um you know again really yeah you know, i got those facebook notifications and uh I think about a month ago, I was driving from uh, from Bakersfield, California, back to Windsor, and that was the end of my uh, end of my cross country road trips. For hockey, at least. For hockey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that that's that's crazy, man. Because you know, everyone has a different mentality, obviously, and um, not everyone's given the same opportunity. And the people that are, you know, obviously want to strive for the best. So obviously, making a, an educated decision. And having goals uh, outside of, of hockey really helped you. Yeah, it could have helped me, but you know, conversely, um, you know, and, I, and I, I reflect on this all the time. And trust me, I think I made definitely the right decision. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm very happy with what I've done. But um, we might be having this conversation, and I might just be packing up an NHL career right now if I if I decided not to retire that year. 100%. You know, I was that close that I was a game away. I was, you know. Um, I would have played in the NHL my fourth year pro, um, and that was told to me by the general manager of the Ducks. Um, but I happened to be injured in preseason and never really came back from it. So um, they they actually offered to qualify me for that, that next year of pro, just based on my, my third year. So I would have come back to Anaheim again, so the offer was on the table, and I basically I looked the general manager in the eye, and, and I walked away. So wow. um, it, it's kind of crazy that I walked away from, from the NHL and frankly, it was the best life decision I've ever had in my life. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those kind of inflection points or epiphanies that you have. And, yeah. and it's taken me a couple of years to realize, or, you know, it took me a little bit of time to realize how important that was. But now as I'm 35 and not 25, and I've got uh, a beautiful wife and a son and another one on the way and a, a great career, and um, that was the best decision I've ever made. And I think it will set me up for the rest of my life. Well, hundred percent. It sure seems like it, man. And like that makes it even more of a hard decision. Like you had mentioned, being told that you're going to be able to play on the team uh, this year, next year, that, that really makes it uh, that much more difficult. But I think, like um, you know, just listen to you to you talk here. I think what happens between life and hockey sometimes they don't kind of complement each other. You have to be that hitter. You have to be that tough guy but you know that it's going to detriment your life and health. That's uh, that's a tough thing. Yeah, and you know what? I, was, I meant to say it, but I didn't. But, um, you know, if if I didn't step away from the game, um, you know, I, I probably would have played in the NHL, and I probably would have been a celebrity of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been living in Bell River in, uh, you know, a nice house, but, you know, nothing special. I would have had the house and the water and the big boat and the toy would have been a local celebrity and, you know, all of those things. And um, I'm glad that, I, that I'm not, honestly, because yeah. what's what's kind of set me up for the rest of my life is I, I've been able to recreate myself as a little bit more of an academic, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and a practitioner. And, um, you know, comparatively, like if, if, if a young player decides that they're going to go completely all in on the, the pro sports, um, that's completely fine too. And that's, that's what it takes to get that level. And I was there for a long time, but I just realized that uh, my life looking back or looking forward at 25 years old would have been um, perhaps changed forever if I continued to play. And, and that was a decision that I made and I'm very happy I did. That's fantastic, man. And you know, that was still the beginning of another transition. It seemed from there right away, you went to, uh, coach with the Lancers, and I would assume maybe that's the same time you started to get your education. That is, yeah. So I actually, 
actually, believe it or not, I finished my, my last year pro coaching in Bakersfield, California. Uh, halfway through the year, the, the assistant coach was let go, so it was only Marty Beneteau, or Marty, um, oh, geez, what was his last name? Marty was the, the coach's name, and he asked me to become an assistant coach at the end of the year. So once I was concussed and couldn't play anymore, yeah. I started coaching in defense. So I actually started coaching in pro before I started coaching in, in university hockey. And then uh, returned home and, and spoke with Kevin Hamlin, who was the head coach at the time and still is, um, and, and started working with himself, uh, Justin Smoltz, um, mm-hmm. and the athletic department on, on coaching men's hockey. So I was the, uh, I was the assistant coach uh, and also taking classes with my players, which was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's d- different. A uh, little dynamic for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, are you still involved in any sort of coaching or anything like that? I know you did. You did a year with uh, with the Vipers. You mentioned what you're doing now, but uh, in regards to hockey, are you getting on the ice at all? I'm not. No, you know what? I I play uh, I play pickup or not pickup. I play in a Tuesday night. Uh, fun league in Tecumseh called the BHL, oh, yeah. um, which is actually a really good league. There's a bunch of ex-players. Is that the beer that hockey league. league or whatever? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, there's uh, Eric Wellwood's in it, and Justin Buzio, and a bunch of the ex-university players, Drew Palmer, etc. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's a really good league. Uh, it's a lot of fun, but it's you know it's the same guys that've been playing for a lot of years. And, uh, we're not quite moving as quickly as we used to, and it's, it's more about having a beer in, in the dressing room after. No, yeah. I'm sorry, no, we're not allowed to have beer. <laughs> Talking to a city worker, man. Um, a parking lot that is that is encouraged by Doug Ford. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Oh, of course. That's what it's all about. Oh, of course. But again, it's all fun and games, man. But you know, some people might know you as as Ryan Donnelly, the hockey player, as you mentioned, or uh, you know, in the business world. Um, so I'm sure yeah. now you're just trying to you know find that right transition. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, um, one of my colleagues actually. And this happens most places I end up working. Is one of my colleagues when I started working with uh, Windsor Essex Economic Development. Uh, she's like, I have a picture of you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she, you know, she brings it out the next day, and it's a picture of me standing on the blue line. And her son was one of the players that skated around prior to the game, and then uh, took the national anthem with us. Um, so yeah, it's my it's my really good colleague Lena, and uh, her son was on the ice with me. Is you know, he's a little whippersnapper. That's hilarious. So it's kind of funny. That is funny because you know what? I actually have some photos where I did that and I'm trying to figure out who the guys are in the photos. I'll try and find them and see. It would have been, yeah, it would have been probably the, because you started around 2001. It it would have been 2000 and like 2000, 2001 season, I think. Oh yeah, I'd probably, probably either on the bench or on the blue line with you. Yeah, I got to, I'll find them and uh, I'll send them to you. I'm still, I meant to uh, pull them up and try and, uh, you know, look at the hockey DB and see if I could figure it out. That's funny. Yeah, probably, most likely. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This has been fantastic. Hey, my pleasure. And if there's anything you ever need again, don't hesitate to ask. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think what you're doing is tremendous. I love that you're getting it out there. Um, it's interesting to hear various other guys' stories that are beyond the, beyond the ice rink or playing field. And um, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I very much appreciate it. All right, all right, all right. There's our interview with former Windsor Spitfires captain Ryan Donnelly from right here in Windsor, making the the economy a better better place for all of us, and rightfully so during this time. Thanks to to Ryan for taking the time to do that uh, that interview, and and you know obviously the focus there is talk about 
his hockey career, um, obviously like to highlight the stories of people in and out of sports, um, you know, with any sort of link that there might be. Obviously, in this case, Ryan was an athlete who, who turned on to the ways of the business world and is doing great things. He's been very successful, so I'm glad that we were able to get that one in the in the bank in the books still uh, still lots to go um on the win city sports podcast in the future so um we'll go through some of the things that i've gathered here and uh a lot of it are actually taking from our twitter page just stuff that we retweet rather it be considered quote unquote news or not just some interesting things that i uh i guess figured was uh, appropriate and uh, we'll actually get to that in a little bit um but as mentioned before the memorial cup championship anniversary or sorry, it was three years ago as of Tuesday. Today would have been the 2020 kickoff. And actually next Thursday, we will be here for a new episode, of course. And that is the anniversary of the Spits winning their third championship here in Windsor. So we'll be celebrating that next week here on Wind City Sports. Um, again, there's not a lot of local sports news and stuff to talk about in regards to our teams or events or anything like that because there isn't much or any. Um, but of course, the big leagues are trying to gear up to continue their seasons or, you know, complete their their playoffs. The NHL is proposing a 24 team format for essentially the playoffs, and uh, I'm not against it. I mean, we got we got to get this thing back and rolling in some form. So, you know, um, depending on who your team is, you might have an argument here. But I think we just we need to get it back because if not, we're not gonna have anything. So. If this is the best and only thing that they can come up with, I'm all for it. And same with the baseball. Not to, uh, it's kind of a different, different whole story. You know, it's it's hard to compare the two. Um, not not necessarily sports, but you know, the point of the season that they were at and, and all that stuff. MLB is proposing a 82 game format. I've been a hockey basketball guy my whole life. 82 games is enough. <laughs> a lot of people don't think it is, but I think between you know July 1st is when they they anticipate to to kick that off. Canada Day, let's go, let's get back to, to playing ball, you know, let's play ball uh, J- June 1st and, and and just condense the season, carry it out um, as normal. I, I think that, you know, they always say there's going to be an asterisk next to the uh, the championship on, on any sport in this one, but I don't know, i got to give it to uh, MLB team to in a condensed schedule as well, as they're already playing almost every single day for however many months. Um, I think that this one, this one's okay, this is a cool cool thing to do but anyway a couple other things that i uh, found interesting on the internet windsor's mike Aubin did a, a charity fundraising sort of event a uh, a run a commute from the ambassador bridge here in windsor all the way down to uh, the bell river bridge which i i don't even know where or what that is i think it's the bridge uh, on notre dame entering it must be entering the the town there um Mike's a, a local, just a local guy, really. He's a, a Bell River resident, Lakeshore Fire Station number three fireman, so he's a volunteer firefighter, and as well as a City of Windsor Public Works employee. He's a, he was set to embark. Uh, I'm reading the uh, the little uh, blurb that they have that they did before uh, the event. It was on May 16th. So he embarked on a bridge to bridge run, starting at the Ambassador Bridge at 9 a.m. and ending in his hometown of Bell River. Uh, he's participated in, in many uh, marathons, it says here, including the Boston Marathon twice. Um, and he's doing this all to, um, you know, kind of raise money and awareness for the Windsor Regional Hospital and frontline workers. So huge shout out to him. And as well as Brandon McBride, Windsor's own Brandon McBride, if you guys didn't see it. He's been on the show episode 122, I believe, 
Um, he would have most definitely been in the Olympics this year, a track and field runner. And here's a, a article from CBC Sports. Brennan McBride excels off the track, buys grocery cards for eight families in need here in Windsor. It's a great write-up you can read on cbcsports.ca. But that's it. That's all I got this week for you. My name is Drake Demore, and I'm here every Thursday with a brand new episode of the Wind City Sports podcast and radio show. The radio show airs live on CJAM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit every Thursday at 4.30 and replays on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Even during this pandemic, broadcasting from home. On the radio show, you'll hear some highlights from our podcast interviews, some music and local sports news. Here on the podcast, you hear the whole uncut and unedited version of local interviews with athletes and coaches and more entrepreneurs, builders, whatever it may be. WindCitySports.com, wherever you're listening to it right now, of course, and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are found. Simply search up WindCitySports Podcast. W-I-N-C-I-T-Y is on one word. Give us a subscriber review, whatever app you might use, please help us uh, spread the awareness of the Wind City Sports Podcast. And also give us a like, follow, subscribe on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, at WindCity underscore sports. And keep checking out for uh, some cool stuff on there as we are you know getting bored during the quarantine making lots of content for you guys but we'll be back with a brand new episode next week and until then smell you later